The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Some good news to tell you about this afternoon in the province's ongoing fight against the mountain pine beetle. The federal government has announced $68 million is going to be going to the province for forest management research and dealing with the impacts of the bug. But even better news, you know, it comes as results of how much damage was done to our forest this year, and it's lower than... The past year, Dr. Janice Cook is professor in the Department of Biological Sciences at the University of Alberta and a leader when it comes to researching the mountain pine beetle infestation. Dr. Cook, welcome back to 630 Ched. Hi, Jalen. Nice to be with you. Yeah, so tell us uh, about um, the, the, the recent uh, numbers that have come in about what happened in Alberta forests over the past year. Yeah, so Alberta Agriculture and Forests does um, an aerial survey every every fall, and so those numbers are just in, and the good news is we do have less attacked trees in 2020 than we did in 2019. The bad news is that it's still a lot of trees, so lots minus lots is still lots. Yes, yes. And so when we look at those numbers, what was it? 244,000 trees detected last year. Uh, this year, 147,000 trees killed by uh, the beetle. You're right. That is still a, a huge number. Uh, when you, when we looked at some of the... I am, I'm curious to know as well, so for, before I get to this next part, the aerial survey done this year, it was bigger than normal, wasn't it? It was. Um, so... Alberta is a big province, but not all of the provinces covered in forests. And, and so every year, um, those that are in decision-making capacity need to make a decision about how much of the province can they afford to survey. And so they did put in um, greater effort this year to survey a bigger chunk of the province. And and so um, just, just like COVID, you know, um, when we have the opportunity to survey more, we can pick up more trees, but it also tells us more about what's going on on the ground in terms of this epidemic. It was really interesting to see the breakdown, you know, Calgary, Edson, Grand Prairie, Lac, Labish, Slave Lake, you know, um, you know, last year compared to this year. One of the numbers that really jumped out uh, at me uh, was White Court, the White Court area. And maybe it's because when I'm driving out to Jasper, I go through there. And so it was kind of top of mind. But the, the numbers, the difference in numbers, you know, over 52,000 in 2019 in White Court and, and, and this year, about 8,500. Why would there be such a, a dramatic difference there, do you think? Well, I think there's probably three reasons. I think the first reason is we've now had two winters in a row where we've had killing temperatures. So that's helping keep our beetle populations lower than they have been. I think that... Oh, go ahead. No, no, it's, I didn't ask anything. It's okay. okay. The second reason would be that um, the last couple of summers, the trees have had lots of rainfall. And so if you think about trees that can be stressed, trees that are stressed can't mount a defense against the beetle the same way that, that we could have a defense um, 
when the trees are healthy. It's just like when we get run down, we get colds more. Trees that are stressed because of lack of moisture can't mount as much of a defense. So so the conditions have been better um, to help those trees mount a maximum defense. And the other thing is, is in that area, we've had outbreak conditions for quite a while now. And, and yeah. I think we're starting to run out of the best trees from the beetles perspective and and so um they've eaten all the chocolate cake and now they're kind of left with a little bit of broccoli and and, and broccoli's okay for some beetles but but maybe we're starting to see the chocolate cake start to disappear so that's a great way to put it dr cook and it's just uh it just paints a really really great picture or uh, you know I don't know if that's the right term given that we're talking about the mountain pine beetle um, when we when you look at kind of the the front where, where that leading front would be where the movement is going with the mountain pine beetle right now I mean over the past number of years if you've been into the mountain parks and I always reference Jasper because that's where I like to go and we've we've seen kind of it move through there I guess there's a lot of trees there for it still to attack I don't know how much broccoli is still left there or how much chocolate the cake is still left there but are are are, are the the bugs migrating and, and and pushing further east and and where would that front line be i guess is what i'm asking yeah so we've still got a more than one attack front um one attack front that's really of concern to the province is that the beetles are starting to move down south of hinton into our eastern slopes and and for your listeners who like to recreate in that area they will know that that's been hit too that area is really important for alberta's forest industry it's also important for um, our ecological integrity you know a lot of our headwaters for our rivers start there it's it's got a lot a lot a lot of pine so that's a front we're concerned about the other front of course is the eastern spread moving towards Saskatchewan and the province has been fighting that battle for for a decade now already and mm-hmm. and so because of that battle we know from modeling exercises that there has been successful slow of that spread eastward, but that could change at any time. And so having these funds from the federal yeah. government to fight on both of those fronts is really, really important. So, Dr. Cook, what is that money going to allow the province to do? How is that money going to impact the fight on the pine beetle? So the province has um, a pretty sophisticated level of control on trees that have been attacked. The best way that we know of at the moment, because we don't have chemical control, we don't have beetle-resistant trees, is to spot these infected trees early in the fall and then over the course of the winter go in on the ground fall those infected trees burn them on the spot to get rid of the beetles that were developing in those trees and when we do that we keep our our populations as low as we can but you know it costs a lot of money to do that and so the province every year is faced with hard decisions where do you spend the money you have the biggest bang for your buck in beetle control by having more funds available for that control it means that fewer 
hard decisions need to be made, that more control can be enacted. And it also means that some of that money is available for the communities that have been hard hit by, by these outbreaks. Dr. Cook, when we see those tr- those those trees turn red, is that um, an indication of um, you know an infection from a couple of years ago, or do, does the tree start to turn almost immediately? Like, where, where, what does that timeline look like? Yeah, so red is dead. Those trees yeah, okay. have been attacked in previous years. Um, trees that were attacked this past summer in summer 2020 they are they're what we call faders their their needles are starting to go from green to yellow and Mm. they will turn red next year and and so um when you see a red tree that means that the beetles already grew up out of those trees and have probably flown to infect other trees they're they're the remnants of what was living in there. And so there's no hope for red trees. They're already dead, um, which, is, which is a real sign in our landscape. When we drive through Jasper, if anybody got to do that this summer with, with COVID restrictions, all of those red and now starting to go gray trees, those have been infected you know, in years past. And, and that's the damage that's already done. Those trees are never coming back until young trees grow up in their place. Wow. Okay. So when you're going in, I have so many questions for you all the time whenever we talk. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> when you go in and you're trying to determine where the infection was in summer 2020, I'm, I'm guessing that you might have some modeling. You might be able to tell something, but is it on the ground going in and looking directly at the trees? Like, And, and then how do you estimate or know that, that line or, or where it's happening? Yeah, that's a great question. So the province does these aerial surveys every fall. So they're flying in the air and and highly trained personnel are are looking for those fading trees and they can differentiate these these fading trees from other trees that just might be stressed. That's the first step. They create these big spatial maps of where we would call those faders are. The next step is that um, contracted crews go out on the ground and, and they'll have that exact pinpoint for where those faders were found. And they're going to look at those faders and they're going to say, yep, that was an attack tree because on the bark of those trunks of those trees, we will see what we call pitch tubes. So this is the, the pitch that got um, pushed out of the tree when the beetle attacked, with, which is representing the tree's attempt to protect itself. It's mm-hmm. trying to not only drown those beetles in pitch, but it's trying to kill them with, with all of the pitch components. But if enough beetles attack that tree, no matter how much pitch that that tree can produce, the beetles are going to win. If it's only a few beetles that attack that tree, that the tree is going to win. The pitch will be enough to save the tree. So, so the contractors are going to look at those trunks of the trees that were identified as faders, and they're going to say, yep, there's lots of pitch tubes here. This tree's a goner. We've got to, got to take it down. We've got to burn it on site. But not only that, now we need to survey around this tree to figure out, are there any more infected trees in the area? And that's 
that's a really big undertaking. That takes a lot of yeah. time. It takes skilled contractors to do that. Yeah, without a doubt. Dr. Janice Cook joining us this afternoon. We are talking about the spread of the mountain pine beetle in Alberta with Dr. Janice Cook from the University of Alberta. She is a professor in the Department of Biological Sciences and a lead researcher into the mountain pine beetle. Dr. Cook, um, the, the Fourth Street Minister, Devin Dreeshen, said uh, yesterday when the uh, the announcement was made that they're going to take the most comprehensive control plan the province has seen in two decades. That's awesome. He says the beetle stops here. Can the beetle be stopped? Well, those are certainly bold words. But when a leader <laughs> speaks them, you know, we, we want to rise to that challenge. And and I think there there are a couple of things that are now in our favor with with the um, acknowledgement that this is not just a regional problem, but it is a federal issue. And, and so the federal government now has, has committed these dollars. So by having more dollars available for spread control, that makes it possible to slow the spread. And when we can slow the spread, it buys us time that maybe we'll get a number of winters in a row where we get killing temperatures, we can count on maybe something happening like that. That'll certainly help. But what it also does is allows us to continue our research into methods that can effectively slower or possibly even stop the spread. And there are a number of groups working on on different ways that we can protect trees and different ways that we can monitor so that we can um, intervene more quickly rather than waiting until a problem becomes a problem. Can we can we get in there really early? And, 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 and so these dollars help in many different ways that... Um, you know, we, we now have the benefit of, of 20 years of knowledge from this outbreak that, that we can apply all of that in a better way with this new funding. Uh, Dr. Cook, you mentioned uh, at this time not having the chemical control, certainly not on, you know, big forested uh, areas. One of my listeners, Gord, says, I sprayed my trees. What's she talking about? Is there a way to, to, to spray our trees on our personal land? Is there something out there that can be done? Well, we have to think about where is that beetle. So the beetle is living under the bark for virtually its entire life cycle. Um, so... It's not like a, a worm that's eating needles or, or some sort of um, other type of, of pest that's out there on the surface of the plant. It's hidden underneath the bark for all but maybe 24 hours or 48 hours of its entire life. So if we spray the tree, it means that we have to spray it with something that gets inside that bark, which is super hard. But that having been said, we can, um, we can interfere with the beetle's chemical communication. So the beetle is communicating with the tree and it's also communicating with other um, mountain pine beetles. It's saying, come on into this tree. This is a fantastic place to have a meal. We can interrupt that conversation using um, copies of these chemical compounds that the beetle uses to communicate. And one of them is called verbenone. So you can get verbenone pouches. You can order those and you can, you can staple them on your tree. And that will say, this tree is broccoli. It's not chocolate cake. Go find another tree. So that can protect trees over 
you know, a, a neighborhood or possibly a town or a golf course, but we can't protect whole forests with it because ultimately the beetle will say, well, I have to land on something. I'll just take the broccoli. So, <laughs> so chemicals sprayed onto the tree, unless it's getting inside the tree, which tends to be rather a toxic compound, are not going to reach the beetle. It's going to maybe solve other issues with the tree, but, but not the ones that are living under the bark like the beetle. Um, but we can protect small patches of trees, high-value trees like maybe on golf courses, using these chemical disruptors. And, and there are other ways that people are looking at how can we interrupt how beetles communicate with the tree and with each other um, using these chemicals. How can we, how can we harness that for control? Fascinating stuff, uh, Dr. Cook. Always learn so much from you whenever we talk. We're going to have to leave it there. I'm out of time. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you have a great uh, Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for this. You too. Stay safe. Yeah, take care now. Dr. Janice Cook uh, joining us this afternoon from the University of Alberta.